Hi, I'm Amy. This is Sugar. Welcome to Love Chapel Hill, where our name is our mission, to love Chapel Hill with the heart of Jesus. We're very thankful that you're worshiping with us today. Hi everyone, this is Brooke with Connections and I would just like to personally invite you to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. for the watch party. We are having such a wonderful time getting together on Sundays, watching the service together and talking and just really being able to fellowship during this time while we are apart. So please join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. I hope to see you all there. Hey everyone, my name is Joel and I'm with Connections here at Love Chapel Hill. And I want to speak to those of you that may be watching with us for the first time today. Or maybe you've been checking us out the last few weeks. Well, we want to get to know you and we want you to get to know us. And one of the best ways to do that is to go on the bottom of the video you're watching us on, either on YouTube or Facebook. There's a link that says Connect Card. If you click that link, you can fill out just some simple information great way to ask a question or let us know of some sort of need that you have and we can start having a conversation and getting to know each other. Also, I want to invite you, if you haven't already, to go to our website, lovechapelhill.com. As you can see right here on the screen, right on the main page, there are many options for you and for anybody else that you might want to invite with you. You can check out some of the old videos that we've had, uh, video services we've done since we've been virtual. Uh, you can also look at all the different small group options we have, Bible studies, prayer groups, uh, different uh, ways to get connected, all right here on the main page. This includes even college students, college ladies. We have a college women's Bible study that meets on Monday nights. We would love for you to attend, to get connected, to get to know people. Uh, you don't have to be alone during this time. Let's do this together. Hope to see you soon.
Hey, Love Chapel Hill. Uh, we actually have a guest preacher again this week, uh, and I'll be introducing her in just a moment. Um, but before uh, we do that, I just felt like um, that we needed to speak directly um, and we needed to share from our hearts today. Um, so I will be addressing in just a few moments uh, the events of this week, uh, what happened on Wednesday. Um, and we're going to just talk about that for a few moments together. Uh, before I do that, a couple of things. Number one, an announcement. Uh, the last Sunday of January is the fifth Sunday of the month. And as always on a fifth Sunday, uh, that is a time where we are intentionally uh, meeting up with uh, some partner churches in this community uh, for the sake of being a part of embodying racial justice in this community. And so we're going to meet together uh, with our friends from Life Church and with our friends from St. Joseph's Church. Uh, and so on that day, instead of a normal uh, video through YouTube or Facebook, uh, we will be joining with St. Joseph's in their live stream on their Facebook page. And so you'll hear more about that from us, uh, but wanted to go ahead and give you that heads up so you can be thinking of that, planning for that, and praying for that as well. Um, 
Our guest preacher today is my friend, Melinda Priest. Uh, Pastor Melinda is an incredible person. Uh, she is a church planter in Boston, Massachusetts. And so she is the pastor and the planter of Awakened City Church in Boston. So we're really uh, honored and excited to have her preach into our family and our community uh, today. And um, she's going to be continuing the story where we have been together through the Gospel of Matthew. Um, and today she's going to be talking about um, the escape of the Holy Family of Joseph, Mary, and, and Jesus uh, into Egypt. And so that's where she's going to be taking us today. So go ahead and begin to pray uh, for your own reception of that and how the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you through Pastor Melinda today. And now, uh, before Pastor Melinda preaches, um, I just wanted to share uh, uh, a few thoughts um, and our response, not reaction, uh, but response to what happened on Wednesday. Many of you have probably already heard from us uh, in the small statement um, that, we, that we made. It's in moments like this where we don't exactly often know what to say, but we ask the Holy Spirit to uh, give us his direct word to speak into the moment. And what we sensed in that day is the reality that the appalling history that we all witnessed uh, with the storming of the Capitol on Wednesday um, is the logical conclusion to the irrational season that we have been in as a nation. And the way that the American church, instead of being a prophet against it, has been a chaplain to it. And so what we saw um, is the logical conclusion of what has been happening in many ways. Uh, as a local church community who is a part of the larger reality of the American church, uh, we say that we condemn it. We rebuke it and we repent from it. And we commit to follow Jesus and to continue to confess and proclaim and to live in a way that says we believe the reality that Jesus is the king. It doesn't escape any of us that this event took place on a day where Christians around the world were celebrating what is called Epiphany, the day of Epiphany. And as Pastor Anthony challenged us and encouraged and inspired us last Sunday, uh, Epiphany is a, a word that means revelation. And so in the story of the Gospels um, and in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, we get the story of the Magi, uh, often referred to as the, the kings or the wise men who seek out Jesus. And Jesus in that story is revealed as the king. And so that's what epiphany means. It's this revelation. But as Pastor Anthony uh, shared, uh, he made a statement that he said, um, it's epiphany is not just a revelation, uh, but often a revelation of what has always been, of what has always been. And Wednesday was indeed uh, an epiphany. It was a revelation of what has been there, what was already there. Also in that story, 
of the Magi and orienting that in the Gospel of Matthew where we have been together and where we will continue to be over the next couple of months together. Uh, it's not just that the Magi recognized that Jesus was king. Um, it's also that they recognized that Herod was not. And so they had this moment where um, Herod says to them, come back and tell me once you found this king, I would like to worship this king as well. And they saw through that, uh, they saw through that false kingship and um, they didn't come back to Herod. Epiphany reveals Jesus. Epiphany also exposes Herod. And as the American church, we have to continue to proclaim that Jesus is the king and we won't buy into any other kingdom. Our allegiance is with him alone and we're not buying into any other kingdom. In the Gospel of Matthew, I find it interesting the way that the ministry of John the Baptist and the ministry of Jesus, even though they are very different ministries, uh, it tells us there in chapter 3 and in chapter 4 um, that Jesus begins his ministry preaching the same thing that John the Baptist was preaching. Uh, and they, they both are, are quoted as preaching the same message. And the message is, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand or repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near in some translations. I find that very interesting. Uh, and the challenge that I sense in that is this. Um, we're hearing a lot of calls um, for us to pray for unity and for us to pray for peace. And absolutely, we are a part of that. And we echo that, that we should be praying for unity and we should be praying for peace. But the kingdom of God doesn't begin with the call for unity or the call for peace. The kingdom of God begins with the call for repentance. Jesus began his ministry that way. John the Baptist introduces Jesus's ministry that way. And repentance has to come first. Yes, we are praying for unity. Yes, we are praying for peace. And we believe because our hope is Jesus Christ and because we place our trust in the salvation that comes from Jesus Christ as our only hope, that unity is possible and that peace is possible through Jesus. But we also believe that we should listen to his words and we should realize that he begins with the call for repentance. And so we're going to continue to be a part of that as well. Repent for the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom has come near and it's one kingdom. It's the kingdom of King Jesus. We're going to pause right now uh, before Pastor Melinda preaches and we're going to join with churches across the country and around the world. And we're going to pray for that. Uh, I invite you to pray for that. Um, and if the Holy Spirit is provoking you towards repentance, then listen and respond to that. Uh, we're going to give it a moment where we're going to pause here in silence for a moment. And then I will close us in prayer. Let's pray together.
King Jesus, we confess that our allegiance is to you. There is no other name above yours. And we worship you. We pray that you would give us eyes to see. And that with your clear voice, you would cut through lies to speak the truth to us. We pray that you would give us ears to hear so that when that truth is spoken, we would receive it and we would respond to it. Let our hearts be like that soil that you describe in the gospel of Matthew that is ready to receive those seeds of truth. Let it take root in us and let it grow up to a harvest of your kingdom embodied in our lives and in this family together. We pray for unity and we pray for peace, but we also begin by repenting. We repent for the sin of Christian nationalism that gets the kingdoms confused. We repent for the sin of white supremacy that has such a rooted history in our country and we lament over the ways in which we saw that on display and the reality of that on display. We repent. And we ask that you would lead us in what it looks like to be the embodiment of your kingdom here and now. See your name we pray. Amen. Good morning, Love Chapel Hill. It is such an honor for me to be with you today. My name is Pastor Melinda Priest, and I am a church planter in Boston, Massachusetts. In the neighborhood of Jamaica Plain, my family and I were able to be a part of birthing this church in 2019, Awaken City Church, and we are um, just so excited to join you today in worship. Our mission is to awaken all people to the life-transforming love of Jesus Christ and participate in God's redemptive work in the world, to awaken all people to the life-transforming love of Christ and participate in God's redemptive work in the world. I'm deeply thankful for your pastors and your church. You see, when I was just new to this church planting thing, I attended a training in North Carolina where I had the opportunity to meet up with your pastors and get to know them. And they have been so incredibly generous, extravagantly generous and supportive to us and to me personally. Um, I don't know of any more humble, um, amazing pastors than you have as your leaders. And I know that you know that you are a blessed community. And I just wanted to say thank you so much. And thank you for the privilege of, of allowing me to be with you today, especially in this day in the life of our nation. We recognize that this is a very historic 
time as we come together as the faith community and I'm honored to be with you. I have a question to begin our morning together and this question is not a serious one, but I would like to ask you, would you classify yourself as a light sleeper or a heavy sleeper? How would you classify yourself? Well, before I moved to the city, I could tell you that I was a light sleeper. Anything would wake me up. I mean, it, the slightest sound in the middle of the night would awaken me. However, since moving to the city, I have had to adapt in order to survive. And living in the first floor of the multifamily that we're in right now, this multifamily apartment, it is the craziest thing, but it seems like my neighbors above me, the two apartments above me, just seem to always vacuum at 1 a.m. in the morning or work out, you know, that's the appropriate time. Prior to COVID, we had planes flying over our head multiple times during the night. As we live close to a hospital, sirens are a part of our nightly lullaby. So I have learned actually to appreciate the sounds of the city and also adapted to it. And for the most part, I can sleep pretty peacefully most nights. However, there are some voices, some unique voices that always awaken me even from the deepest sleep. See, I'm the mother of two boys, 14-year-old Tyler and three-year-old Joseph. In fact, he was named after the biblical character that we will find in our text today, the main character. While our oldest son, Tyler, certainly is a typical teenager and loves his sleep, our three-year-old, well, many times at three or four in the morning, I hear his little voice mommy asking for milk or he's had a bad dream and he wants some comfort or his pants changed and although it is difficult to rise from my slumber and like most of you who have young children certainly i do sympathize with your lack of sleep there's something also amazing and a great privilege for us to respond to a voice who is in need, the concern of someone who's in need, and especially someone that we love. We want to listen to that voice. Those voices are worth listening to. They should wake us up in the middle of the night. They do demand our attention. Certainly, we understand that. You know, what's amazing to realize is that Mary and Joseph, too, we forget they were human parents, and they also heard the voice of an infant child in the middle of the night. They suffered from lack of sleep. We just come through this Advent season. They were called to be the parents of the Most High God, the Son of the Most High God, to parent this child. And as we have celebrated the Advent season on the Christmas Christian calendar, as we heard Pastor Anthony share so amazingly last week, this past week, we celebrated Epiphany. In fact, officially January 6th marks the day of Epiphany or Revelation in the Greek. Epiphany means manifestation or showing forth. Epiphany is commonly called the Three Kings Day or the Feast of the Epiphany. The Catholic Church observes the Epiphany as a single day. Many Protestant churches, Epiphany lasts from January 6th all the way up 
until Ash Wednesday in February and the start of Lent. The six Sundays which follow the Epiphany are known in the Christian calendar as the time of manifestation. God is here. He is with us. He is among us. This truth was marked by the sign in the sky, that star that led the wise men to find Mary and Joseph and the baby, actually the toddler probably, at his home. They were able to worship the King of Kings and the long-awaited Messiah, whose name is Jesus. And as we listen to our text today, it's important to know where we are in this birth narrative. The wise men have visited the king of Israel in order to, they, they want to, to visit the king of Israel in order to worship him. But in order to do that, they first went to evil King Herod to ask maybe where, if he knew of the king's whereabouts. Herod, hearing that his kingdom and his power may be challenged, deceitfully tells the wise men that he also wants to worship this king and to let him know if they find him and to report back to him. Well, in Matthew chapter two, we discover that the star does leave the wise men to the home of Mary and Joseph. But something incredible happens at the end of this reading from last week that we looked at together. Rather than going back and reporting to Herod and listening to the instruction and the voice of this evil king, what did the wise men do? In the middle of the night, in a dream, they were awoken. They awoken to a voice saying, don't, don't go that way. Don't return that way. And they listened to the voice of God and did not go and tell Herod they went by another route. And that's where we are in our story today. And so I'd love for you to come with me now to the book of Matthew chapter two. We're going to begin with verse 13. You might want to use a version app on your Bible if you have a Bible reading app or hard copy Bible, which is what I'm going to use today. Uh, but I just want us to look. This is a quite a little lengthy uh, piece of scripture together, but such an important text for us today. So come with me and let's read this together again, beginning in Matthew 2 and beginning with verse 13. Before we start, though, I want you to really pay attention to not only was Jesus or Joseph listening to the infant that was in the space with him, but I also want you to listen for who else was Joseph listening to? What other voices was Joseph listening to in this story? Really important for us in our takeaway for today. So let's go to, again, Matthew chapter 2, beginning with verse 13. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord's prophet. Out of Egypt, I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated. And he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time they had learned from the wise men. 
then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah, a voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to Joseph in a dream in Egypt and said, get up and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who are seeking the child's life are dead. Are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth so that what had been spoken to the prophets might be fulfilled. He would be called Nazarene. Did you hear it? The phrase was used three times in a dream. Matthew 2.13. Now after the angel had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up and go. Take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. Remain there till I tell you. Matthew 2.19, when Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to Joseph in a dream of, in Egypt and said, get up and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who are seeking to kill the child's life are dead. Matthew 2.22, but when Herod heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in the dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. The text tells us that the angel of the Lord, the messenger of God, appears three times to Joseph in a dream in the middle of the night. He had been sent to jo Joseph and he says, Joseph, arise, wake up from your slumber. Arise, listen carefully. I have specific instructions for you, Joseph. I must admit that when I had, was originally asked to, to give this text to you today, my sermon was going in a different direction. What I felt like the Lord had asked us to say because I was so taken by Joseph's immediate obedience. I was gonna call this sermon, Get Up and Go, because every time that the messenger had a word of instruction for Joseph, there was this immediate reaction, even fleeing in the middle of the night. And I am humbled by that kind of obedience that Joseph has. But I sense after what we have experienced together this past week, that God was asking us to dig a little deeper. Why? Why was Joseph so quick to obey the voice of the angel, the messenger from God, when he needed direction and comfort and saving and rescue? Why? Well, it's important to remember this is not the very first time that Joseph has had an encounter with God or listening to the voice of God, even an encounter with an angel. In fact, when he had learned that his wife-to-be was pregnant, was with child, and he had decided, he had resolved to divorce her quietly, it was then in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, but just when he resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll bear a son, give birth to a child, and you were to call him the name Jesus. He will save his people from 
their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and you shall, they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Manifestation, God is here. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel commanded him. See, Joseph had developed this pattern of listening to the voice of God, to, to not listening to other voices that would demand his attention. You see, he learned a very important truth, and I want you to hear this clearly today, church. Joseph learned, he understood, the voice or voices to which we give allegiance will determine our destiny. The voice or voices to which we give allegiance will determine our destiny. You see, if Joseph had woken up and chosen, had not woken up, sorry, and chosen to listen to the voice of God and walk in obedience to his direction, his wife could have been stoned and the son of God could have been murdered at the hands of an evil king or his evil son. See, when anyone seeks to maintain power at any cost, people die. We see this in Matthew chapter two at the senseless killing of innocent children at the hands of Herod. Why? Because he didn't want anyone to be more powerful than him. And we saw this with our own eyes, this manifestation of evil in our own nation's capital this past week. And I have to tell you, I was sick to my stomach as I saw the flag carrying the name of Jesus, the King of Kings, our Savior, alongside a Confederate flag representing white supremacy. I saw those flags together in the nation's capital and as a pastor and a mother of a child who has brown skin i have to tell you i was sick i was broken hearted in church let's be clear jesus had nothing to do with what happened in the capital from those rioters this week no that angry mob was not listening to the humble king jesus Instead, it was listening to the rally, rally cry of the leaders of our country who could not humble themselves enough to embrace a peaceful surrender, a transfer of power as our democracy demands. Church, our words matter. Who and what we listen to matter. No wonder our world is confused when the name of Jesus and this flag are side by side. No wonder that that is not who we are. That is not who Christians are. That is not what it means to be a Christ follower, a Christian. I do love America and I pray for her. But it is, my friends, time to repent and lament. America is not the hope of the world. Jesus is. America is not the hope of the world. Jesus is. And yes, we have the right to peaceful protest. 
Should we stand up for injustice? Yes, of course we should. Anytime that we feel like there is an injustice, we have the right to peaceful protest and debate. But we must follow the teachings of Jesus. Listen to the voice calling out to us. Now from the Sermon of the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Church, it is time for us to arise, to awaken, to wake up and ask ourselves the question, who are we listening to? I want you to hear this prayer from songwriter Chris McClarney. When you speak, confusion fades. Just a word and suddenly I'm not afraid. Because when you speak, freedom reigns. There is hope in every single word you say. I don't want to miss a word you speak. Because everything you say is life to me. I don't want to miss one word you speak. Quiet my heart, I'm listening. When sorrows roar and troubles rage, you whisper peace. When I don't have the words to say, I won't lose hope. When storms won't break, you keep your word. Oh, and your promises will keep me safe. I don't want to miss a word you speak. Your ways are higher. You know just what we need. We trust you, Jesus. You see what we cannot see. Your ways are higher. You know just what we need. So quiet our hearts. We're listening. Friends, I want to encourage. I want to inspire and awaken you to remember today. The voice or voices to which we give allegiance to will determine our destiny our destiny individually, our destiny as a church, our destiny as a nation, we must acknowledge who we're listening to. We need to remember it matters, the voices that we're listening to. Reflect, even right now, what voice are you giving the most time, airplay time to? Who are you listening to the most? Let's, ref- let's remember, let's reflect, and let's repent of our allegiance to any other voice that we listen to more than the voice of the good shepherd of our souls. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever your favorite news station is, whatever your favorite YouTube channel or game or personality or Hollywood star, who are you listening to? See, Isaiah tells us 
whether we go to the right or the left, there'll be a voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. You see, Joseph didn't know which way to go. He needed the direction of his heavenly father in order to parent his and protect the son of the most high God. He understood and he learned that when he heard the voice of his heavenly father, when the voice of the spirit talked to him, woke him up from a dead sleep, he obeyed that voice over all the other voices that tried to demand his allegiance. Let's remember, let's reflect on what voices we're listening to. Let's repent of any other allegiance, any other king that is higher than King Jesus in our heart. And let's recognize or rediscover how to discern the voice of God and commit to and walk in obedience to his instructions. Now, so for some of you today, you may never have been in this relationship with your heavenly father through his son, Jesus. And the fact that you're listening right now proves he's trying to speak to you. He wants you to know that he is so madly in love with you. He will go through heaven and earth. He actually did. He left heaven and came to earth in the form of an infant so that you would know how loved you are. And he didn't stay there. He didn't stay there. No, he, he grew up. He lived and he was crucified for my sins and for your sins. He was buried and rose again and lives today and is present with us, God Emmanuel, in this moment. And the word tells us if you call on the name of Jesus, you can be saved in this moment. And you also can have this intimate relationship directly, this direct line with your creator God, with your creator God through his son, Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you don't know him, right now I invite you to call on him to recognize that Jesus is the only voice worth listening to. He is the first voice that we listen to. He is our the ultimate voice that we listen to. But those of you who know Jesus as Savior, who call yourselves Christians, who follow the teachings of Jesus, let's rediscover how to discern the voice of God. Maybe you need to attend a Bible study this week or attend the prayer meeting online. Maybe read through the Bible with a friend. It's a great time to do that. You can do that through version apps. You see the word of God is living and active and speaks to us as we read his word his word gives us direction just like it has today. Sometimes he does speak through dreams or supernatural words, sometimes through authentic community as we are doing life with one another, sometimes through a song or through the beauty of his creation. And the most amazing thing is God knows how to speak to us if we would just not listen. Are you listening today? We're all listening to something. See, there's noises and voices all around us. In fact, it's so noisy, it's hard to discern the voice of the still small voice of our Savior. So we might just need to take some time in solitude. 
sit quietly before the Lord and let him know you're listening. You see, I believe that this could be the most significant time in the life of the church if we are willing to listen and pledge our allegiance to the voice of our rabbi, to the voice of our teacher, that humble servant who was willing, Philippians, to leave heaven and become obedient, take on the form of a man, become obedient even unto death, on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that was above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the God we serve. This is the revelation, the manifestation. This is the one that we serve. He is our hope in our very broken, broken world. I know, I know I have an aunt that's on a ventilator as we speak in this moment. I know I can't even, I can't even handle the, the pictures, the images that we're seeing on our screen. I know it is almost too much, right? But we have a savior and guess what? He's still speaking. And I know that I don't want to go anywhere if he doesn't tell me which way to go. And if, he, if you need direction or comfort or wisdom and he's not, you don't hear him clearly, then you just wait fervently in expectation. The psalm says, psalmist says, I wait in the morning in expectation. I cry out. I wait for the Lord and I wait with expectation. He does want to speak to us. I believe he wants to speak, but we have to make it clear that we are listening to his voice. So the world will know who Jesus is and know of his love and his saving grace that is available to all who will call on his name. Remember, the voice or voices to which we give allegiance will determine our destiny. Reflect on the voices that you're listening to Repent of allegiance to any other voice that we listen to more than the good shepherd of our souls. Remember, John tells us that sheep recognize their shepherd's voice. And recognize or rediscover how to discern the voice of God and commit to get up and go when he calls. When he tells you to act, act in obedience. And that is the way, that is the way of the Lord. And that is the way of hope. That is the way forward one day after the next, after the next. You know, as I have been in this journey of this plant in Boston, I can tell you that there's been many days I didn't know how to go forward. I didn't know if we're gonna make it the next day. But I can tell you that Jesus still speaks. My word for the year last year was wait, and I had no idea how, how prophetic that would be for me and for our church. Certainly, we never planned on 
opening and shutting down right after the pandemic. Like God has been so faithful and so close. And I wouldn't trade this intimacy with Jesus for anything in the world. So my friends, let me pray for you. Jesus, I just want to pray for love Chapel Hill right now. And I thank you, God, that you have given them amazing leaders and you've positioned them so beautifully in this city to make such a huge impact. God, but we recognize the only way that we can show our city and our world what Jesus looks like is when we listen to you. God, I pray that we wouldn't act before we listen. God, that we would not get up and go before we have listened to the voice of our Savior, our Messiah, our Rabbi, giving us the instructions that we need. God, give us hearing, improve our hearing, God, that we may be able to even discern more quickly your voice. And God, I do pray that you would wake us up in the middle of the night. Give us dreams. We pray for supernatural signs and wonders that we may be able to see just like the wise men signs that point to hope in the middle of our the darkness that we're in today. God, we will not give up hope because we know, Jesus, that you are the hope of the world and you are the one that we're listening to. So God, we do repent. We repent of the ways that we have listened or pledged our allegiance to things other than you, to voices other than you. We've put other voices above you, God, and we just want to repent now and say, Jesus, we, we want to listen to your voice. We want to walk in obedience to your voice, God. And if, we, if your voice doesn't tell us to go, we're not going. We have to hear from you. So God, lead us, guide us, instruct us. You promised, I will instruct you and teach you in Jeremiah in the way that you should go. And so God, we take you at your word. Please lead us forward. What a privilege, God, it is to be the family of God together today. And I pray that you will heal our land, that you would forgive our sins, Jesus, and heal our land. But I believe, God, it starts with us individually asking ourselves the question, who are we listening to, God? May we listen to you. May we listen to you, Jesus. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. It's been my great honor to be with you today. God bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace.
Friends, thank you so much for worshiping with us today. I'm so glad that you have. I want to say a special thank you to Pastor Melinda for leading us in the Word today. We are so excited and grateful for your team at Awaken City Church and the ways that you are loving Boston with the heart of Jesus now, today, and every day. If you are worshiping with us today and you've not yet filled out a Connect card, I want to encourage you again to do that especially if you're interested in serving. Whether you are interested in helping bake cookies uh, to give to our local healthcare workers in the hospital, or if you would be interested in serving our friends who are experiencing homelessness right now, especially if you would like to make a donation for strangely warmed, any uh, warm clothing items, coats, hats, gloves, scarves, blankets, We would love to have you giving those things, and you can fill out that Connect card to get in touch with us. We want to send you out with this blessing today from Psalm 23. They have been influential for our family as we've navigated this season, and we want to share them with you. I encourage you to remember them. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. (laughs) Go in peace, friends. Peace.